Thanks for tuning into our podcast. We love having you here, and it's our mission to bring you all the latest and greatest tips, skills, and know-how to make you the best that you can be. We know that you have it in you, and we're going to show you how. Now, now, let's get started. Well, hi again, everybody, and welcome back to Anti-Bullying 101. These podcasts are designed to create awareness about the bullying epidemic and provide teachers, administrators, parents, and even students information about the dangers of bullying and why we have to take a comprehensive approach when dealing with the problem. My name is Jim Burns. I'm your host for the show, I'm a retired high school administrator with over 40 years of experience in education. Currently, I'm a college instructor, and I've designed the Bullyproof Classroom, a graduate course that provides my students with permanent help, not temporary relief, as we battle the bullying epidemic. Today, we're going to be continuing in our series, Everyday Strategies, and these strategies give you things that you can do every single day that are going to help improve you, it's going to help improve your students, and it will make both of you absolutely become your personal best. Okay, we're on strategy 31. We're going to be covering 31 to 40 uh, for this episode. This strategy is do what you're told when you're told to do it with a good attitude. Now, you might think this is something that you have to make sure your kids do, but in reality, we all have to do it. So if your supervisor gives you a directive, either verbally or in memo form, Do yourself a favor and just do it. It doesn't matter if you agree. You know, that's the whole problem. People think because they disagree with something, they don't have to cooperate. Your principal will pick up on your negative attitude. And, you know, sometimes your half-hearted efforts are going to go, you know, they're going to be noticed. And you're going to have a problem. You want to be someone your principal feels comfortable giving directives to. You know, if if you're non-tenured, you definitely, you know, you can't show any indication that you're unhappy with the directive. Even if you're tenured, you can't have an attitude that you're above being told by your boss what to do. Now, if the directive violates your collective bargaining agreement, speak with a union representative. But do so while you're still following orders. Don't take a chance and be cited for insubordination. There's no guarantee that if a reprimand is placed in your file that it will be removed, even if you win your grievance. So, strategy 31. Please cooperate, even though you might disagree, and do what you're told when you're told to do it. It sounds like it's for kids, I know. But the bottom line is, 
cooperation in the workforce, in a school, in a company, in a corporation, all make life a lot easier for everybody. Number 32, sometimes you have a bad day. You know what? It doesn't make you a bad person or a bad teacher. Sometimes you can just do your best and still can't make any academic progress with a few students. In addition, no matter what discipline technique you try, your students are still out of control. Hey, don't get down on yourself. Quite frankly, it won't help. Accept where you're at. Move on to another day. Don't lose sleep over it. Make sure you go home. You know, you enjoy your life with your loved ones. And, and put, the, put it out of your mind. When you go back in, that job is going to be there. And you know what? That, job, that building, that school, wherever you're at, is going to run with you or run without you. So a bad day doesn't make you a bad person or a bad teacher. Don't get down on yourself in terms of your abilities to teach. Strategy 33. Know your resources and ask for, your, ask for help when you need it. Sometimes we can feel insecure about our performance as a teacher. But at the same time, it may be hard for you to admit when you're having a hard time with a parent and sometimes a student or other teachers. You could get really worried that someone will view you as incompetent. And this may prevent you from asking for help or just admitting that you don't have the answer to a pressing problem that you're experiencing. The art of understanding your resources and using them when necessary, will help relieve the pressure that builds during trying times. You got to know your resources. You got to know who to go to. You got to know who you can trust. And if you happen to be a teacher that hasn't been around for a while, these resources may seem like they're just not available to you. They are, and people will help, and you just have to ask you should use your resources within the school, such as guidance, administration, the child study team, and definitely, definitely use other teachers to help provide answers and insights that can help. One of the things that bothers me is that you could have a student in your class who's acting up, cutting up, maybe he's in the fifth grade, and a teacher comes into the faculty room and you're talking about this kid, which you shouldn't really be doing anyway, but you're doing it because you're so frustrated. And you make a comment, boy, I can't really, this kid is just getting under my skin, you know, and so on. And the other teacher says, well, you know, I had him last year. I didn't have any trouble with him. Well, bully for you. What did you do that I need to do? How about filling me in on the details so that I can get some help? Don't withhold information to help other teachers if, in fact, you know what the answer is. So some teachers have to know their resources. Other teachers have to be ready to step in and help when necessary. Learn how to be a resource yourself. You know, when you experience success with your students, you need to learn how to share successful strategies with other teachers, as I just said. This is critical. This is critical. And it goes right back to the fact 
that just because we may be non-tenured, lack experience, sometimes some of the most uh, novice teachers can come up with some of the greatest answers. So don't sell yourself short. Be a resource to others. Step in. And you know what? If the others don't want to hear it because of the fact that they think that you're just too young to know, the bottom line is share it anyway. It's their loss if they don't listen to you. Number 35, effective and efficient. I've spoken about this dozens of times to my students. Effective is something that lasts. When you're an effective teacher, you're doing things and they you are creating what I call permanent help. The changes that you're trying to make are permanent. And then you have efficient. Efficient are the things that you need to do uh, quickly. Take attendance, hand out supplies, do the lunch report, whatever you have to do, answer a memo. The problem is, is we've got these confused. Right now, we try to be efficient at teaching our content. You can't be efficient at teaching your content. You can't move faster because some of the kids won't get it. You have to take your time with the content. The problem is, is we have to, you know, get kids ready to take a test to see what their achievement levels are. But we have got this so confused right now in terms of efficiently delivering instruction. Can't deliver instruction efficiently. You have to do it effectively. It's backwards. The things you do efficiently are like handing out supplies. The things you do effectively are delivering content. When you're efficient, you have the ability to take care of the day-to-day -day administrative paperwork that seems to be never-ending, such as attendance, grading, your grade book, your lesson plans, etc. But when you're effective, you are doing things that will last a long time. And by the way, if you happen to pick up this book, 100 Everyday Strategies, there's a wealth of information in the appendix on this topic, and there's a ton of information on a bunch of other topics. And by each strategy, or each tip as it may be called, I let you know that it's in the appendix of the book so you can go get it when you need it. Strategy 36, know your strengths and your weaknesses. You know, Clint Eastwood said it best when he portrayed Dirty Harry Callahan in the movie Magnum Force. When he was talking about the chief of police who was portrayed by Hal Holmbrook. A man has to know his limitations. We all have to know what our strengths and weaknesses are. It makes us better people, better teachers. And if you're better than most at staying organized, use that skill to your advantage. But if your organizational skills are less than perfect, don't agonize about it. Focus on your strengths. You may be an excellent communicator, and you may have learned how to conduct effective parent conferences. 
if you have trouble with confrontation, so be it, but learn how to express yourself so in a manner that communicates the truth. Understand your weaknesses. There's nothing wrong with having a weakness. Let's call it a challenge instead of a weakness. We want to help. We want to work to overcome our weaknesses and capitalize on our strengths as well. Number 37, be a team player. Sometimes. It's always good to pitch in and help when needed. Teachers are always asked to volunteer, to supervise after-school activities and special events that may occur during non-working hours. If you're going to volunteer for an activity, do it with a good attitude and be done with it. Don't moan and groan when you're asked to do it. If you feel as if you're just being overextended and the school is asking you to do it, and you're always at school at night for some activity, realize that it's fine to say no once in a while. In doing this, you'll participate more willingly and won't feel as if you're being taken advantage of. So balance that out a little bit. Definitely be a team player, but always realize that if they're always asking you, that there may be other people that they could ask as well. 38. Give 100% to your family first and then give 100% to your job. Understand, and I've said it before, that building that you're working in, that school, can run with you or run without you. When your day is over, do yourself and your family a favor. Leave school physically and emotionally. This may take some practice, but don't play teacher at home. When you enter your house, drop the teaching role and be a wife or a husband or a mom or a dad. You have an inner personality that's different than your teaching attitude, and your role at home is different than your role at school. So let's not try to confuse the two. Don't assume that your family wants to hear about your victories in the classroom every day or about how you handled some disrespectful student. It's fine. You can discuss it with your spouse or whoever's there, but to make the center of conversation on a daily basis, you know, making this the center of conversation can cause your family to feel unappreciated and at times emotionally ignored. Number 39. Learn the techniques for conducting effective parent-teacher conferences. You have two of them. One is a planned conference, one is an unplanned conference. In the book, I give you step-by-step guidelines on how to do this. Unplanned conferences are the ones where a parent had a their kid had a problem with you the day before, or it may have been that afternoon or that day, and they find themselves in your classroom either after school or first thing in the morning, and you're stuck with them there alone without help. I provide you with the techniques for doing this. Matter of fact, this is probably a full a full podcast on how to conduct effective parent-teacher conferences. What you want to do in that situation when you're stuck alone with an irate parent 
is buy time. You want to buy time so that you can reschedule that meeting and have it when you have an administrator or a guidance counselor present. That's the trick. And that's what I share with you in uh, the uh, in the appendix of this book. I try to encourage teachers not to feel intimidated by these parents, and I give them techniques to do it. It takes some practice. It takes time. It may even take a little role-playing. The planned conferences are handled very similarly, but at least those you know, at least those you know are coming, either a back-to-school night or, uh, you know, a uh, progress conference that may be held uh, sometime in November or something like that. I, this is almost a full podcast right here, dealing with uh, parent-teacher conferences and dealing with angry and irate parents. The trick with angry and irate parents is to when they come in and they want you and they want your head, what you have to do is you have to buy time until you can get somebody present, and I'll, I teach you how to do that. It's in this book, and I, can, um, I may do another podcast on it. Number 40, take initiative. Take an initiative doesn't mean you're being pushy, obnoxious, or aggressive. It does mean that you're recognizing your responsibility to make things happen. Too often we can wait around in difficult situations for something to happen. They expect the students, administration, parents, or even other teachers to change before they change themselves. Teachers who take initiative acknowledge the reality of low test scores, discipline problems, or poor administrative support, and then take individual responsibility for the problem. They don't blame themselves for the problem. Rather, they ask how I can as an individual help improve the circumstances that are plaguing my classroom or the school in general. In other words, you're stepping up and you're saying, I got to take care of this. You're not blaming everyone else because you're responsible for this as much as anybody else. Poor morale in the school, low student achievement, administrative problems. It's everybody's problem, not just one person, even if the administrator is giving you a hard time. My name is Jim Burns. You have been listening to Anti-Bullying 101 We've just covered 10 more strategies, everyday strategies, to help you and your students become their personal best. Please go to my website at www.bullyproofclassroom.com. These podcasts are there now. You can get those right off the website. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Just go to iTunes and type in Anti-Bullying 101. It'll show right up. When you go to the website, check out the courses. Check, as a matter of fact, this one uh, course that's there is Dealing with Angry and Irate Parents. Great course for solving problems. Check out the courses. Check out the, the uh, products that are in the store. Read the articles. You'll love it. You, you will love this website. It will give you so much information, you won't know what to do with it. Once again, my name is Jim Burns. You have been listening to Anti-Bullying 
101.